Welcome to the State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your host, Stephen Payton, and thank you for listening to this very first episode of State of the Union. And what a state it is in. The year is 2020. The planet is on lockdown. The UK is fast becoming a rogue state. The Scottish Parliament is under real threat from the Tories. And the Eurovision Song Contest film, which you should absolutely check out if you haven't already, has given us a tiny glimpse of what it could be like if an independent Scotland hosted the most important cultural event to exist. It is quite a time to be an independent supporter. And by contrast, it's becoming increasingly difficult to justify both staying in the union and, I would argue more so, blocking a second referendum. Look... If you don't support independence, fine. That's your position and you're entitled to it. I hope we can change your mind. But there's now been seven polls in a row showing that independence is the majority position in Scotland. Oppose independence if you want, but you can't oppose giving Scots the chance to return to the ballot box and answer the question once again. Not if you want to call yourself a Democrat. So, it was good news this week at least that Keir Starmer, the leader of the Labour Party, begrudgingly admitted that a pro-independence majority in Holyrood next year would indeed, in his eyes, be a mandate for a second referendum. Though, since the SNP has basically secured a majority at every election since 2016, and God, there has been quite a few of them, Uh, and Labour are still insisting that they don't currently have a mandate, I won't really be holding my breath to see how that turns out. He did also say, and I quote, I don't think another divisive referendum is what anybody wants. But that's not what the polling says, is it, Keir? It is easy to see why support has been growing, though, especially recently. On the one hand, you have the Scottish government who, despite a rough start, in my opinion, have roundly been the absolute picture of competence when it comes to dealing with the coronavirus and test and trace, compared to the Tories' world-beating system that only managed to test the patients of the public. And thanks to that rampant incompetence, we're now in a situation where Kent has managed to declare independence before Scotland this week, after the Tories functionally papped up an internal border wall to solve a Brexit crisis of their own making. Meanwhile, when it comes to Labour, this week the party actually whipped its MPs to abstain on the second reading of a bill that would functionally give soldiers a free pass over alleged war crimes. This bill will, if passed at the final stage, make it harder for actual war crimes to be investigated. And not only did Labour whip MPs to abstain, they sacked the few frontbenchers who stood up and voted against the bill. What an indictment of the UK, and what a position for Scotland to be in, that regardless of who we vote to send to Westminster, we're ultimately still held on the whims of two parties, hell-bent on tacking to the right and capitulating to reactionary little Britainers. The democratic case for independence remains as strong as it ever was, but now there's another argument on top of that that there appears to be a distinct gulf of competence between the two parliaments that govern Scotland. And competence really is the buzzword right now. There was a Times Redbox Politics podcast 
uh, this week that had a sit down and a chat with folk who had voted no in 2014. And, and, and here's the kicker, all but one of those voters now backs independence. And the reasons they cited often revolved around confidence in Scotland's ability to run itself, particularly of late. And that's something that's been backed up by polling data from Progress Scotland. They also pointed to the broken promises of the No campaign from the first time round, but honestly, that would take another entire podcast to really get into. So it's with that in mind that it should be clear why Labour Lord George Fuchs and Labour MSP Jackie Bailey petitioned the BBC to drop the First Minister's absolutely essential coronavirus briefings. An utterly shameful move that put ideological unionism ahead of the need to keep people properly informed during a global pandemic. Honestly, imagine boasting about that like Fuchs did. And while the BBC did initially capitulate, they then U-turned after taking an absolute hammering on social media, as was, frankly, in this case, entirely deserved. Which brings us to one of the most tragic political events of the past week, which is the poor case of Richard Leonard, whose anonymity reached dizzying new heights after an MP in his own party couldn't even remember his name. During a Labour Connect event, Labour's deputy leader of all people, Angela Rayner, had this to say. Everyone needs us to win in Scotland across the whole of the United Kingdom because that's the only way we're going to kick the Tories out of power in Westminster and make our country truly socialist and looking after everybody. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Richard Lennon, our leader in Scotland. Richard. Ouch. Richard, mate, (laughs) you deserve better than a UK party who don't even take the time to get your name right. Never mind anything else. So when you're ready, there will be a wee seat on the yes side when you decide it's time. After all, according to one YouGov poll, around one in three Scottish Labour members already support independence. So the party's hardline unionism is barely defensible as it is. And let's not even get started on the UK Tory party, who just decided they knew better than their own Scottish members who should be running the Scottish Tories. So, with all that said, let's check in on the current state of the union this week. Coming apart faster than Dominic Cummings making a run out the door of number 10. Thanks for listening. See you all again next Friday.